Thanks for listening to CarCast on Podcast One. I'm Dave Detman, also known as Dr. Gadget. I've got a new podcast called The Big Idea. And every week I talk to inventors and visionaries who made it big in their respective industries. We'll tackle weekly trending tech, provide inside tips for your success, and go deep dives on the latest and greatest innovations. And I know you're going to love this part. I'll also have plenty of free giveaways. Who doesn't love free stuff? So listen to and follow The Big Idea with me, Dr. Gadget, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podcast One, and wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, welcome to CarCast. We're going to welcome back our friend Alistair Weaver from Edmunds.com. And before we get started, here's a word from Geico. Would you love to save money on insurance? Well, of course. Who doesn't love a good deal? Well, when it comes to great rates on insurance for everything, Geico can help. Insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, RV, even homeowners, condo, and renters coverage. Save even more with a special discount when you bundle coverages. Plus, add the easy-to-use Geico mobile app and 24-hour roadside assistance, and the switch to Geico becomes a no-brainer. Switch today and see how you can save. Simply go to geico.com to get a rate quote or contact your local agent. Welcome to CarCast. I'm Matt, the moderator. DeAndre here with Bill Goldberg, as always. Oh, my friend, how are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. Uh, Progress is stalling a little bit on the garage, but other than that, I'm in a terrific mood. Uh, You know, uh, progress may be stalling on the garage, but I see that uh, Wanda Zoo seems to be growing. Uh, She's been building. Progress is stalling on the garage. Wanda (laughs) Zoo. Wanda Zoo uh, grows exponentially by the moment. You know that. So. Yeah, she's uh, doing, doing a great job over there. But yeah, I saw that. I don't know if it's monkeys or lemurs or, or whatever, but uh, she built a... At this point, I don't know what it is either, man. Uh, it's, a, it's a cage uh, being built for uh, whatever she wants at the end of the day. Well, <laughs> there's animals in there, so... <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. We'll see how long they last. And, and, um, and I saw her. I mean, as far as us keeping them, not as far as them, <laughs> you know, their, their life expectancy. <laughs> right on. <laughs> well, I mean, they were eating cinnamon toast crunch the other day, so that can't be healthy. I'm sure she's got other plans for them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, we're trying to see how, you know, their diet and diabetes with a lemur. <laughs> right? Oh, I don't, I don't know. Well, they do a lot of cardio, so they'll probably be fine. Um, let's they eat a lot of fruits, but balances out. Yeah, it balances out. Uh, well, speaking of the garage, uh, I know you said progress has been stalled a little bit, but you did post up the video that uh, that you and I saw the other week. You know, a lot of the 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 bones are going up. That slab is done. I saw some of the walls are going up on the exterior. Uh, yeah, it's 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 a lot. It's a lot yeah, going I mean, on over it's, there. You know, yeah, it's it's almost I want to say tightened up for for weather, but uh, you know we're we're a couple we're a couple um, panels short of completing the roof, as you can see. We're mm-hmm. a couple panels short of completing all the insulation on the outside. It's it's a it's a you know how the system is right now, man. It's, it's, you know, if you're down four or five sheets of this or that, it's going to be a pain in the absolute ass to get it. So, yeah. you know, we're, we're, 
we're waiting for product. Like everyone else. Yeah, yeah, world. like everyone else is. Yeah, that's kind of gonna gonna be the case. Have you uh have you made any other and let's say let's hope not, but have you no, made any no, other I, <laughs> other alteration? Well, yes, I, I put a I put a water fountain in the middle of the in the middle of the weight room, which yes is gonna alter a couple of things, but it's it's all good. Yeah, I, I that's not too bad as long as no. As it's, you know, it's close to a sink or something where there was water anyway. Well, yeah, as long as the walls aren't, aren't finished in, then, you know, we can, we can, we can, we can adapt and overcome at this point. Now is to put it this way. Now is the time to really do it, right? So nothing earth shattering. But I mean, I, I, I do realize that it's coming together because yesterday I put the floor plan uh, in place for the weight equipment. So, I mean, hey, we're, we're moving slowly but surely, but if anyone knows what that's all about, it's you. Yeah, right, right. Well, it's good. It's exciting. Like, you know, as you say, when you're starting to plan the actual gym and where the equipment's going to go and taking some measurements and stuff. And, you know, I just did a small version of that in the warehouse over here. And then you, you kind of have to take into account, you're like, you know, when you're loading plates, how much room you need, because you'd be surprised how many times... You know, you're you're loading you're loading a plate, and it slips, or you're dropping it, and you step back, but then you hit a wall, right? <laughs> so that plate's hitting your feet if you don't have a little bit of room. Uh, so I just did basically what you were kind of talking about. We did the whole layout. We had Swiss tracks um, do the tiles for the weight room, and I realized mm-hmm. I, I need to go another foot wider or so. So we just ordered like another line of of Swiss track tiles. Just to give us, you know, just to be able to move all of the machines out, you know, another six inches of room around them, you know, uh, on each the side. So do is be, uh, you know, walking around, hitting machine to machine, and trying to do your workout. But yeah, you know, fortunately, I put a couple of these together before. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, I, I know for my, I know for my negative experiences what to do and what not to do. So yeah, it's all good. Man. Yeah, all good. you know, it's another problem. And the gym area is a pretty good size area. And, you know, I don't know. I know. I think we've talked about it in the past. You mentioned, you know, you owned a gym out here. Back when you lived out here, you had a gym out here. There was a ring in there. There was like you did a lot of uh, MMA training and stuff. Are you still going to be doing that? Are you doing the bag? Are you doing the MMA training? You broke too many toes. (laughs) <laughs> well, I'll do the bag. I'll do the bags, but the bags are going to be outside on the uh, rear rear uh, uh, decking. You know, right above the the wash bay. Yeah, um, it's going to be like an uh, an outdoor Muay Thai setup. Two bags, and I'll have a Muay Thai. You know. We tied kicking bag out there, the long ones, and uh, th- there'll be a couple other things, but you know, there has to be room for a grill too. So, <laughs> yeah, there has to be room for a grill too, <laughs> exactly. So, in between my kicking and my punching drills, you know, I can eat. Yeah, and don't break any more toes. Yeah, <laughs> I can't, I can't promise to that. <laughs> and uh, what's going on with the with the car projects? Oh, God. Well, you know, right now we're concentrating on the M715. So Vagio's got it up in Wisconsin, and uh, we blasted it. You know, I guess we could talk a little bit about that ice blasting that you were talking about. Yeah. Because I think we may be doing something similar to it right now. Um, I'd like to get some, some more information on it. 
as to, you know, what they're about to do for you up at Galpin on your Mustang. But, um, yeah, man, we're going to turn that into an absolute ass-kicking monster truck. It's going it's to be pretty cool. I think with the turret on the top, I think we're going to keep that. But um, it's it's moving along. It's moving along. We, we don't know exactly if we're going to twin turbo it or if we're going to, you know, turbo diesel it, you know, like we were talking about. So. Right. That's what we're going to say. Have you decided on if you're going to go diesel power or not? So you not still not quite sure yet. No, I'm not. Neither one has has come to the forefront as far as, uh, you know, a better decision than the next. I guess it's six of one, half dozen of the other. It's whatever 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 direction you want to go. And I, I, I think I'm leaning towards the turbo diesel. I think I really am. I just don't yeah. have one. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. It's like you, you just you, – you don't have one of those. You get plenty of Hellcat engines and other things. I mean, it's just kind of – I don't know. It's It's kind of interesting. But you know, but I do I, have a Hellcat engine set up to go in there already. So if if I don't put it in there, I'm going to have to build something. <laughs> build something else. Darn. You know, I, I still think you know if you if you get an opportunity to go drive a couple of the you know the big diesel trucks uh, that are you know production trucks, just see how how you even like that before you even commit to it. You know, just go down and you know to the to the dealer if anybody's got. Uh, or somebody out there. I'm sure, you know, there's ranches everywhere. Someone is rolling around at a big diesel dually somewhere, right? <laughs> uh, I, oh, I mean, I, I'll be honest with you. You know, I'm the Dodge guy. You're the Ford guy. But, you know, Wanda's turbo diesel and her, her Ford, I, I think it's a 2019. Yeah. That truck hauls ass. I mean, it it absolutely hauls ass. Yeah. I, I got to take my boom. They, they did a hell of a job with that. And hey, if I can replicate something like that. And boost it up to about a thousand horsepower. I'll be satisfied. Was that, Satiated? No, satisfied eh, for the. Was that the truck she had out here? I thought she had a white. Yeah. Ford. Yeah, the white Ford. Yeah. yeah. I think we're. I think we. I think it's a. I think it's a seventeen. It's a two thousand seventeen. Yeah, that's right. So we we drove in that truck. I think we drove in that truck. We all went to dinner, and she drove down the hill, scared the shit out of us. <laughs> yeah, that was. That truck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was the truck. Uh, yeah. So, and on the topic of the dry ice blasting, um, over at Galp and we met with the, the guys that do the dry ice blasting up there. We kind of walked through the car, walked through the process. Um, a couple thoughts, uh, a couple things we figured out was it is a long process. It's, it's basically like sandblasting. It's, it's kind of small and detailed and you really kind of have to go over it and you can certainly change the amount of, pressure that this thing mm-hmm. shoots right so you can dial it back and do a little bit of a painted surface or you can dial it up to to remove undercoating and stuff so uh the guys that we were talking to and uh, we'll get into it a little bit more with them but they were saying they they often do what they even call it just like an auction prep at this point. Like, hey, you're going to take your car to auction or you're going to put it on bring a trailer or you're going to bring it to Monterey. Uh, they have kind of a, a little bit sort of quicker, kind of turnkey way to go. This is what we think you're going to need. Let's do, you know, let's do the door jams. Let's do some undercarriage stuff. Let's, you know, the inside of the wheels, take the wheels off the back of the rims. Uh, but, you know, I asked them, how long would it take? to you know to do the engine compartment do the undercarriage up on a left 
And yeah, it's it, it could take eight hours. It could take 10 hours. I mean, they said most of the projects they do is between four and 12 hours. So, um, and the other thing, the reason why we're not going to be able to do it at Galpin, I'm going to have to bring the car to the dry ass blasting place. He's a mobile guy, but to get it up on the lift and to do the entire undercarriage, not only does it take long, and that is a lot of time on one of Galpin's lifts, but also it's very loud. I think he said it's 120 decibels, which is like, you know, a jet. So if they did that in, you know, they wear headphones in the whole thing. And if they did that in their facility, one of their indoor facilities that has several bays and several lifts lined up, it'd be very difficult for everybody else to get their work done during the day. So, oh, yeah. So I think the decision is going to be when Galpin is done doing what they're doing on the on the car right now, we're going to just load it back up on the flatbed and bring it out to uh, the dry ice blasting guys and have them do it there. Um, let them take their time. You know, it could be a little messy. The car is not that bad, but it could be a little messy. It takes a long time and it's pretty loud. So some things to consider. But you know, we went through a lot of the before and after photos of of the stuff that he's done, and it's it's an impressive process. You know, especially on the older cars that you're you know you're bringing to auction or doing a restoration, and you want something that's kind of all original. It's it's it is a pretty interesting process, and there's a couple of different treatments that you can do after the fact. Um, uh, you know, we've got, uh, by the way, we've got Alistair, we can bring Alistair in and, uh, but there's a couple different treatments that you can do, uh, the Cosmoline you can do, which is kind of that kind of the brownish tinted like oil. That's a rust preventative. If you need it in California, you probably don't. There's a wax version. There's sort of a clear wax version that you can do. Um, and then they were saying that, uh, on some very high end cars, some very expensive high end cars, they can do a ceramic coating all underneath on the chassis of the car. But unlike the ceramic coating on your paint where you buy very little and you just kind of wipe it on, it's very, very thin, they have to spray it. So they end up buying like five times as much. I'll tell you, that process is expensive. It is no, probably to, oh to ceramic coat the complete underside of your car. It's probably – it's about $6,000. Oh my! God. So you gotta have to really want it. You gotta have to really want it. But you know, now if you start thinking about, oh, you know, if you're sitting on a, you know, a ten, twelve, fourteen, twenty million dollar collector car, racing car, and you dry ice blast the whole underneath the thing, and then you want to ceramic coat it, I guess six grand for your forty million dollar car is not the not the worst investment in, in the world. But uh, no, but how many of those guys are out there? I, I don't know. I can tell you that um, the, the guys that we talked to have said uh, they've done the process, certainly on their own cars, to kind of figure it out and make sure it's all the way they thought. But very few people have opted for this option so far. Very few people. I, I think like one has opted for a $6,000 ceramic coated undercoating. Uh, how, filthy, how filthy is the uh, work area when you're done? You know, it depends on how much is on the car. It's going to take everything off of the car, any grease and grime and dirt and whatever. So it's really just a matter of that. But uh, it's just the contaminants that come off the vehicle. Yeah. The it, dry ice blast. That, that doesn't lend itself to an addition of the crap that's on the floor. How I understood it was, was no. It's not like uh, there's no media, like – 
you know, like a sandblasting or the, you know, shells or any of that stuff. But I'm going to go down there when they're doing it. I'm going to get some pictures and a little bit of video of seeing the process and, and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll kind of take it from there. I, I, you know, I, I keep seeing the before and after I've seen some YouTube videos, but I kind of want to see the in, in person myself before I can absolutely recommend it one way or another. But, um, it's, it seems like a very interesting process. And, you know, like I said, underneath the car, underneath the the sack Mustang, because it all is original, there are like the paint, paint pen marks when they've locked down the suspension pieces and the shocks and all that stuff. And you can keep all of that stuff there. It does not have to remove any of that stuff. You can dial back the pressure, leaves all the paint, everything. It just really kind of removes the dirt and the grime and the oil and all that mm-hmm. stuff. So. Uh, very very cool process. They done it quite a like few. It be quite quite an intricate process. And yeah. Now now I'm I'm figuring out why it's taken by the taste. And it's expensive. It 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 costs about I think to do the undercarriage and the engine compartment about twenty five hundred bucks is what it would cost just to do this process. You know. Um, yeah, so it's not inexpensive, but it's all relative. No, it's all relative. It yes, it's completely dependent on what you're doing with the vehicle. Um, all right, so we're gonna we're gonna you know we'll try that out. We'll get back to you guys when we get it over there. The guys at uh, Galpin Auto Sports are just about done with the car. They fixed the bumper, changing all the fluids. Everything is is getting done. So then we're gonna get it cleaned up. It'll be in pretty nice shape. Uh, all right, so let's just uh, welcome Alistair Weaver to the show. Alistair, how are you, buddy? Uh, I'm okay, thanks. Thanks, Matt. Clinging on. Yep. Now you're, <laughs> now he's a two-time dad, by the way. Congratulations. Got a little boy? Little boy. Little boy. Little boy. Little Dorian is his name. Dorian. Yeah, so I'm getting I'm getting three hours sleep, and I've got a stomach problem, which means I'm not allowed caffeine. So if I <laughs> seem a little bit downbeat like for the next half hour, so that's Alistair, why. you look fresh and chipper, man. And look at you. you. You don't look like you got two little ones. Yeah. Certainly you played like off it. well, man. Your, your makeup artist has been great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right on. Well, congratulations. Uh, I see uh, Edmonds has been very, very active. I'm not sure how much you've been able to uh, to get out <laughs> into the field and, and do some <laughs> testing and do some videos, but I know you've got a good crew that you rely on But because uh, uh, Dorian is fresh and new, shiny and new. I've been on paternity leave for a month, yeah, so uh, just, about, <laughs> just about getting up to speed with 10,000 emails. But uh, yeah, a lot going on, um, huge huge amount of things, got a, quite a bit of exciting things coming up for me as well, got a big thing coming up with the Lucid next week, driving the new Range Rover in a couple of weeks' time. I've also been shopping for a car of my own, which is, um, which is always entertaining, actually a family car to replace a Tesla, which uh, is incredibly difficult in the market at the moment. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's... in what respect? Because there's so many out there. Oh, it's just uh, you know we're, we're a year to go on the lease, but actually you need to start thinking about it now. Um, and it's crazy, you know, we're a year out, but the days have gone when you just turn up at the dealer and you know barter a deal and take something off the lot. So you know, already thinking about how you chop it in. And one of the challenges actually with having a lease is if we're going to special order something that might take six, eight months, 10 months or whatever to arrive, how do you time it in tune with your lease? And then can you hand <laughs> your lease back early? There's all this sort of game to play. Um, Which so actually brings uh, up a good question. Are any of the manufacturers willing to work with you on this? Now, it's it stands to reason that if you stay with the same brand, I'm not saying 
you know, you have a Tesla, but any anybody in this scenario that that has you know a Tesla or Audi or you know Ford or whatever, if you stay within the same brand, what are 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 the car companies doing anything to help you out with this timing? And if even if you don't stay with the same brand, you know, what is the new brand going to do for you, if anything? The only the only thing I think at the moment that's in your favor is because used car values have gone up so much that if I want to chop in, because unfortunately what I can't do is trade my Tesla anywhere else. So I can't trade it to CarMax, I can't trade it to uh, to Ford or well, Land Rover, whoever it may be. So, but I could give it back to Tesla, and because I've not done any miles because of the pandemic, and because used car values have gone up as much as they have yeah. because of the pandemic. Then actually, I could just walk into Tesla and hand it over tomorrow for, uh, and just walk away without anything else to pay. So, you know, that's one way of looking at it. It's an advantage. Now, what I'm not getting back is the equity in the lease because I've done seven thousand miles, not thirty thousand. Um, but, but yeah, that's arguably the way to do it. Or you um, could buy that, the Tesla and sell it and maybe make a couple of bucks. Yeah, if they'd sell it to me, yeah, that, that's an, that's actually an interesting way of looking at it, Matt. It depends what they sell it for me, right? They'd probably give me book value of what it's worth <laughs> today. I, I mean, it, it it was the buyout price already negotiated in the lease. That's typically the, you know the case. It's like, hey, here's your lease, and then when you this is your your payment if you want to if you want to buy it out. There's no like dealer markup. I guess I hope not. No dealer markup on the on on the lease buyout. That would be crazy. Do you know what, Matt? I hadn't actually thought of that. I'm going to have to go back and look at that because that would be a good call because now, you know, new Tesla prices have gone up, you know, 30% or whatever it is. We've got, you know, use values are more than it's probably worth more than I paid for it. So, yeah, that's a good call. And the wait list. Maybe I could buy it out and sell it on. Yeah, buy it out and sell it on. Uh, Listen, there you go. And the wait list. Uh, A a friend of mine that I know, she has an Audi Q5. She had a lease on it. And, you know, the lease was whatever, three years old, so pre-pandemic. She had the buyout number. She went to Audi and she said, well, what if I traded for something else? And, you know, they said, well, there's a markup on it and a wait. And then she's like, but you have to honor my buy price, right? She said, yeah. She goes, all right, then I'll just buy it. And now she's got her, gets to keep her Q5 and whatever. She wants to sell it later and get something else. But uh, that was the pre-negotiated price. That's, you know, listen. Honestly, I, I don't plan on ever getting rid of my Mustang Mach 1, but, you know, just for the sake of, of taxes in my business, I leased it with the intention of buying it out. But I have paperwork that says what the buyout price is, you know, and I was hoping the car would go up in value, you know, keep the miles low, do some fun stuff with it, you know, and, uh, you know, maybe it becomes a little bit of, of a collector, but yeah. Uh, and driven by the, as owned by the famous Mother Motor <laughs> yeah, but, but, Well, I don't know about that part, but it is going to go to the SEMA show. I will tell you that. So that's good. Maybe yeah, that appreciating does all the part. time. Uh, I don't So that's just kind of a thought. Maybe uh, maybe you ride out the Tesla and, and buy it and sell it and, you know, make a couple bucks on it. Is it going to go in the, at the SEMA convention in the MagnaFlow booth and they have some type of a, of a exhaust to give it sound? Uh, yeah, so MagnaFlow finished the exhaust. I don't know about if, uh, if they're going to work on a Tesla fake exhaust, but uh, <laughs> but they should. But uh, but my car is getting – it's going to be in the Anderson Composites booth. And uh, But we're rushing to get it all done, as Bill and you and I talked about. HRE is making wheels for it right now. Yeah, and, good luck with that. And, uh, well, we can't get 
we can only make wheels that they can make in house here at their facility down in Oceanside. So yeah. uh, we picked a nice wheel. We're rushing to get that done. Uh, the car is at uh, is at Magnaflow. It's going to Anderson Composites to get the carbon fiber stuff. We're going to do the wheels and tires, and then it's going to it's going to first debut with the new stuff on it at the Grand Prix of Long Beach. So ask HRE where my wheels are for my twin turbo. Yeah, I'll be sure to bring that up right after I get my wheels from them. <laughs> not not a second before. So not before. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So all right. So what are you what are you going to be shopping for? It's kind of an interesting case because really this is my this is mainly my my wife's car, the old family car, I should say, um, and we just want something interesting. So we thought about a Bronco, thought about a Defender, possibly a Mackie. It's like, do we want to stay electric? But really, we just want something now that can accommodate two kids, a ton of stuff that we don't have to like, isn't too precious and, you know, is, is interesting. And, and that's the kind of remit, really. And maybe, you know, in today's market, maybe 50, 60 grand. I mean, that's kind of, you know, that's kind of where we're, where we're sort of pitching it. Yeah. Okay. Can, how much Defender can you get for 50 or 60 grand? How much, I assume the four-door, the Defender 110. The two-door, you'll never be able to get anybody in the back of that thing. <laughs> no, well, I just wanted a base. We're looking at a base 110, which, you know, by the time you get into the spec, sort of mid, early to mid-60s, uh, which is a base 110 with the steel wheels because you've got to have the, the steel wheels. Yeah. And I just don't want – I don't need or want any of the nonsense. I don't need, like, fancy leather trim or anything else. You know, I just really like it in its kind of base utilitarian spec. But of course, like if you go into the dealership and you say, "Well, actually, I want a special order of base one with the steel wheels and the standard white paint," and then I just want to, you know, put maybe put a couple of options on it. The guy, the guy, literally—I'm not going to name the dealer—but he he literally said to me, "Hmm, interesting. Have you thought about getting a Toyota 4Runner?" <laughs> he literally <laughs> twice. I don't know. I probably turned up and I got like a battered t-shirt you know a three-week-old baby i probably looked like i was falling over and i wanted to order like a base model they wanted to charge ten thousand dollar markup and i kind of balked at that a little bit and then it was a little bit and then a base model ten thousand on the base model if you want the v8 or the bond edition because my heart wanted the james bond edition but yes you know but they were 25 grand markup on a bond edition at the moment (laughs) which makes it pretty much it would have made it the price of a G-Wagon, except the G-Wagon is now like 300 grand. So it's it's a crazy world. And then you wait six months and you might get one. So, um, yeah, we're going we're gonna to see. But, yeah, it makes a base model Defender with the two-liter engine, so not the V6 or anything. It makes it like well over 70 grand with that kind of markup, which is a hell of a lot of money to pay. That's not worth it. For something with cloth seats and, you know. Yeah. But, now, uh, let's just say, you know, you can you – can, you can make some calls and see if you can uh, get any favors to make sure there's no markups on those cars. If all things sort of being equal, Mustang Mach-E, first of all, I'm a fan of, of you getting the Mustang Mach-E so we can hear you say Mackie every time you're on the show. Um, mm-hmm. So just for that for that yes. alone, and, and every right. time you do a video, you can say, well, I personally own a Mackie. <laughs> <laughs> uh so uh uh but so is the tesla another tesla is off the table well the thing is with tesla right it, you know we're nearly three years on nothing's changed apart from you know the chrome trim is now black and the <laughs> price has gone up by you know 30 percent or whatever so all i'm doing is buying the same car for 30 percent more and you know why would i do that so and actually i'm not 
you know, you know, I have a lot of fun with Tesla and everything else, but as a car, it's been really good for us. The charging infrastructure is fantastic, so it's worked really well. So if there was something interesting out there, I'm certainly not anti-Tesla. It's just, you know, the Model Y's got, I'm not a big fan of the Model Y. It's got a lot more expensive as well. So the Cybertruck. <laughs> yes, that's right. It seems yes. like a family vehicle. <laughs> yeah. And that's definitely arriving this year. Yeah, that's right. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Get, get and your, no markup. And no markup. Okay, so Bronco as well. Now, all of these vehicles you've driven, but, uh, you know, Bill's got, uh, well, Gage Goldberg has a, a Bronco that I don't think he's allowed to drive yet. So I don't know if Bill's driving it or they're just staring at it. <laughs> I've, driven, I've driven it a bit. It's going in for a, a nice uh, flat, bat, flat black wrap next week prior to the wheels, tires, bumpers, lights, and all that kind of accoutrements. But, um, and you- I, I don't know. I, I'll give you my, my two cents on that vehicle. It's a four-door. You know, it's a pretty base model. Um, I can't remember exactly which model it was that we chose. The, not the wild track, but the, I can't remember which one it was. Anyway, it's the four-door. Um, I'd like for the suspension and the steering to be a little more reactive and a little more responsive. Um, it, honestly, it feels like a little shit box. Um, I love the, I love the vehicle itself, but as far as the driving is concerned, I wish it was a little more stable. Um, that's not why you're buying a Bronco though, but you know, I, I, I'd steer away from it if it was a family vehicle, but that's just my two cents. Yeah, I think, I think this is the, this is the issue because we, we actually bought, um, Edmunds bought has just got our first edition, which was, as you know, I think we talked about enough on this show, was delayed by a year. And that is the first edition with the Sasquatch package and everything else. So the massive wheels and won't fit in my garage, which was the first shock. Um, mm-hmm. But also, once you get it into that stream, actually, it doesn't steer that well because it's got massive off-road tires and it sits really high. So I've driven that one. I've driven the Outer Banks as well, which is the more road-focused one. That's the one with the, the mm-hmm. side steps and things like that. And you start off thinking that you want the one with the Sasquatch and everything else. But if really you're knocking around on the road or, you know, maybe taking it skiing and stuff, actually the Outer Banks is probably where you want to be. And, and that's a nicer, mm-hmm. you know, it's much nicer on the road and, you know, drives much nicer than a Wrangler. But it's still, and what I like about it, especially with kids, you know, it's like you can just chuck all the crap in it and, it, you know, and, and not worry about it too much. Um, but then it is a little bit utilitarian still. And, and then the idea of the Defender, I suppose, which is maybe why they pitched it is it's just a slightly posher version of a Bronco and you can't take the roof, you can't take the roof out. You can't, you know, you can't take the doors off and all that cool stuff. But honestly, how many times are you going to do that? And the Defender is just a nicer thing to drive around on the road. So I do worry about that. Okay, let me, let me throw something, let me throw something out there to you, Alistair. If, if the Bronco is what you end up choosing, uh, I have one going to production right now that you can have. Okay, because oh, really? I got a hundred percent because I got two reservations just by a whim. Obviously, the first one was for Gage, and second, the second one is obviously not for me because I'm the Dodge guy. So uh, <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's 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 about to go to production here fairly soon. So. Give me a call if you want. It only oh, costs you a hundred bucks. That's all. Is it black? It's black, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's good to know, Bill. Might, <laughs> might talk offline about that. 
<laughs> uh, I'm just saying, because if not, I've got to give it to someone else. Yeah. Right. And, I, and I'm not going to order the vehicle and it's already, you know, set for production. So, I'm, you know, there you go. I will. I will talk to the powers that be whose car it really is. <laughs> <laughs> right good to knock your wife now you Wanda will be here in a minute yeah, yeah. and uh you know you said uh mach e as well which you know we're we're all kind of fans of um i you know yeah. i i think you guys did did well with that car right yeah we just bought one actually uh we did have to pay a bit of a markup i think about five grand of markup uh as at edmunds we bought we we bought one but yeah they're a nice um i haven't driven ours yet but i've driven them plenty in the past but it's a uh, yeah, it's a, it's a nice thing, and it's it's you know it's an interesting car, and um, you know I just I guess what we're trying to work out is do we want like last one last fun gas car, you know? Because realistically, I'm probably thinking like, we'll buy this and keep it, you know, keep, you know if it's something like a Bronco or Defender, try and keep it, you know, five or six years or something. So do we have like one last gas car that we can you know bounce around in off road or whatever and have some fun as a family? Or do we like stick down the EV route? And I guess yeah. that's the decision. Is there is there anything new that's coming out that does sort of fit the timing? It feels like everything we've been talking about for the past year, everything you know, was all two years away anyway. So now that you know, like I, I think you guys just did some testing on the Hyundai's, the Ionic Five. Uh, is that a new EV that, that they have? There's a couple, you know, a handful of things we all like. Genesis as well, like. Uh, you know, and they're not all have to be electric, but there's some, you know, some good, like you said, some good at gas engine cars out there as well. Yeah. He's waiting the, for Ferrari to come out with the SUV. That's right. Well, actually, you said Maserati came out with the, uh, I don't know how to pronounce it, Gricali, Gricali yesterday, which is like a little McCann rival, which apparently is going on sale in the U.S. later this year. Um, looks like a European Ford Puma, if you ever seen one of those. But yeah. that's, that looks quite <laughs> yeah. cool, but I, I guess that's going to be a ton of money. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, the Ionic 5, I say it's a ton of money, like everything's a ton of money, even Ionic 5 is getting into 50 grand, but it's, the Ionic 5 looks like something out the, the, the sort of cool 80s vibe about it. Um, and I've driven it, I really like it, it reminds me of the old Nissan Cube in that it's quite sort of soft and, and springy, but it's just a nice, you know, a nice family thing. And then the EV6, which is the Kia version, is a completely different car, looks really cool, a lot more sporting, really sharp to drive. Um, so both of those are both of those are really strong um, as well. And then I said Gricard is coming out. There's a McCann EV at some point, probably this year that we're going to see. Uh, it's probably not on sale to next year. New GLC. We've just one of our guys has just had a ride in in a prototype version of that. So there's yeah, there's a there's a lot happening. It's just you know, can you get hold of these things at the moment? Which is a which is a crazy thing to say. But P- Porsche and Mercedes might be tough to get into that fifty sixty thousand dollar range. Okay. Yeah, although sometimes even like the base McCann's a nice thing, but you're right, there's going to be markup and, you know, not helped by boats sinking in the Atlantic and stuff. I mean, it's just <laughs> yeah. been a, I mean, you know, leaving aside the awful, awful stuff going on in, in, in Ukraine at the moment, you know, it's just been a, a um, you know, a, a catalogue of stuff, hasn't it, really, that, yeah. that's, that's contributed to this. And I, unfortunately, I think the Ukraine situation is going to, not just gas prices, but certainly for European cars, there's a lot of supply issues as well that's going to have a knock-on impact. But I think that's the, that's the least of the issue there. And, you know, you guys rated the Genesis pretty highly. Um, the, you know, the GV80 SUV, which I love, drove the GV70 recently and, you know, Im- impressed with it. You know, there's a couple little bits here and there that feel a little bit expensive on the interior. But but overall, that's a, that's a pretty nice, pretty nice vehicle. Seems like room for 
for the kids. Yeah, GV70 is a good. Yeah, GV70 particularly, I think, was our top rate Edmund top rated CV, um, SUV for this year, and that's a good. Yeah, that's a good, that's a nice little thing. You know, at least they're not just trying to do an identical BMW. You know, actually they've right. got a little bit of you know a little bit of pizzazz to the interior. Trunk's pretty big. Yeah, that would be that would be on on the list too. Interesting. Like I look at it. I'm driving today. I'm just going to the office to pick it up. The BMW i4, which is their new EV that looks like a four series or the four series Grand Coupe. And is basically a Model Three rival, and I thought, oh, this could be, you know, this could be a nice alternative. And I'm driving that over the next few days. I can talk about it next time, but I just can't get past the looks. Yeah, it's like <laughs> if it looked like the old M4 or the old Four Series, then I'd probably buy one in a heartbeat. It's like I just can't imagine. I showed it to my wife, and she was just like, "No way, no, I, <laughs> it's not happening." I, I, don't, I, I don't get it. I don't know why this isn't getting. BMW's attention, these giant buck teeth on the front of that, on the front of those cars. It's just, I just don't know why they are going down this route. You know, I mean, I, I, I mean, presumably there's an army of people who aren't me who are saying, I have to buy this car because of its big, like, what, walrus or whatever teeth at the front. Yeah. I would I, say about three of those. <laughs> yeah. I, I, it would be very rare if people are buying it because of its looks. I mean, I like BMW. I think they've always performed well. They're good, they're good cars. I just, uh, I just, yeah. I, That's like buying a nine forty four because of its looks. <laughs> well, people do like the nine four four. That's a bit harsh. <laughs> or the nine twenty eight. That's even harsher. <laughs> or the nine fourteen. Uh, all right, we're getting a little, little closer, a little closer to it. Um, Speaking of the last sort of hurrah in a gas engine vehicle, I have been driving the Cadillac CT4 Blackwing. And I we're doing some stuff with Cadillac and with GM, and I've got a handful of vehicles, and I wanted to sort of space out these vehicles in the proper order. Um, it was a little difficult, so this is what we ended up doing. CT4 Blackwing and then Corvette C8, and then Escalade, new Escalade, and then CT5 Blackwing. And that's the order I'm going to be getting them over the next several weeks. Uh, the Escalade, we we fit in there because uh, Chris is getting married in, in Palm Springs, and we need a we need a a travel vehicle, <laughs> and then we leave Palm Springs and go directly to the Grand Prix of Long Beach, uh, and we've got some some people going with us for that. So that turned into the travel car that we fit in between, which I thought was a great way to do it. But this uh, this Cadillac, this CT4. Now, uh, Alistair, I saw your video, the the drag race video. Um, uh, U Drags, that's the name of the show, right? U Drags is the yeah. new show. I I saw th- the one that you guys did, super impressive. I think you did the Cadillac CT5 versus the Corvette C8, right? Um, wildly different horsepower numbers, both impressive on the skid pad when you hit that turn. Uh, I believe the CT5 had a manual transmission in it. The Corvette is only automatic. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And... Uh, very, very impressive video. Now, I'm driving the slightly smaller version, the CT4. It's the twin-turbo V6. I think it's like 472 horsepower. 
It has the manual transmission in it. I want to say the zero to 60 is about four seconds. The CT5 is probably four or five tenths even quicker than that. And I will tell you right now, driving the CT4, it is so much fun to drive. And I know a lot of it is the manual transmission, but it's, it's a, it's a, you know, the CT4 is a sedan. It's a little four door sedan. It's sort of three series size. Um, you know, uh, Bill, obviously a little snug for, for you in this car. Maybe the CT5 would be a better fit, but uh, you know, just around town in LA and parking it and on the side of the road and the meters and all that stuff, right. Having the slightly smaller car, um, seems to fit. And I just think that Cadillac did a really good job just balancing this thing as it's a very easy to drive, very smooth ride, nice feedback with the suspension and the steering that you were talking about, like with the Bronco, uh, and then it is just fast and you can just leave it in kind of a sport mode and you can do like a my mode and the my mode right now is kind of set up for open exhaust, you know, so it's got, you know, a little bit of a volume change in the exhaust. You kind of just leave the exhaust sporty and it is, it is fun to drive. I just, I, maybe it's just because you've got this manual transmission and you're rolling around going, it's still a pretty functional car. It's got a decent little trunk in it. You know, it's good. I just put a bunch of bags and luggage and stuff in the trunk that I was moving from my place to the warehouse. The manual transmission is easy to drive. It shifts nice. The clutch is, you know, fairly light. I was just sitting in traffic and I was like, you know what? This is a, this is a fun car. You know, and I don't know how much longer we're going to have something like that, you know, and was it Nissan, Alistair, I think, was it Nissan that that filed a patent on simulating manual shifting in an EV? It's not, I don't think it's real manual shifting, but I think Nissan filed a patent and somebody else or similar type of it wouldn't be real manual shifting because there's no gearbox. But, there's no um, gearbox, but they're saying you would get in the car and you would you would shift it, and I don't know what it's doing, <laughs> but it, it basically. Yeah, that's it. I, I, never, I I haven't heard about that might actually that might be might be you know missed in a diaper change, but uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll look into. That. I'm trying to I'm trying to even imagine how that, that how how that would work. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't dig into the patent too much, but um, uh, obviously it's simulated somehow. They're doing they're doing something with it. Did I catch that you guys said the C8 wasn't available in a manual transmission? Yes. Yeah. Yes, that's correct, right? It yeah, is that's available correct. or not available? It, it's uh, – sorry, you broke up for a minute, Bill. No, C- C8 is, is uh, double clutch – uh, you know, flappy paddle gearbox as, as standard. Yeah, they just uh, to get the performance out of it and at the horsepower level that they are that they're at. That was kind of the way to do it. Look, you know, both of these Cadillacs, the CT4, the Blackwing, and the CT5. I, I'm sure they're you know a tenth or two or three quicker with the automatic transmission. I just don't think it would be as much fun. It just no wouldn't, it wouldn't nearly be as much fun. This car's really fun to drive. Um, speaking of fun to drive, I uh, I know you've been uh, uh, had your hands full with with the with the new baby, but you sent. Please tell me you sent some crew out to drive the Porsche, the seven eighteen 
the GT4 RS, the Cayman GT4 RS. Are we still calling it a Cayman? I don't know if we are, but the yeah, GT4 so. RS. Uh, yeah, yeah, we went to Willow Springs and had a had a drive of it, and I think everybody's raving about this. And I'm actually getting my paws on it in the not too distant future, and we're going to do a full like test program on it and everything else. So, pretty pretty ex- pretty excited by that. It's um it's basically a mid engine GT3, isn't it? But smaller, which is, so it kind of ticks every box. It should be awesome. Uh, and uh, all the all the initial feedback I'm getting from people is that it's it's a pretty special thing. Everyone's just been raving about this setup, just saying that, you know, the, the Cayman has been such a good car and well-balanced with the where the engine is and the size of it. And they've always kind of held back one way or another, horsepower, gearing, whatever, just to keep it just a tick under the performance of the 911, which is significantly more expensive. And I I guess somewhere around the, down the line, uh, Porsche just said, well, we might as well go all out with this car and uh, just see what we can do. So throwing that engine in there, um, you know, you know, I don't know, you know, when your test results are in where it falls in the lineup of of 718s and 911s. I'm sure it's going to be incredibly faster than a bunch of the base 911s, but maybe not faster than the GT3, you know, to sort of fall in that lineup. But uh yeah, it seems it seems interesting, but you know, also I don't know. Maybe the seats are uncomfortable and it rides real rough, and it's a very loud on the inside kind of racing car. I don't I don't know, but uh, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see uh, what your expectations were with the car and what what your thoughts are on it. But your your team that came back after driving it, they seem to love it. But you know, Porsche brought everyone to Willow Springs and put them in the car, and they said, "Here's a helmet." And go as fast and as loud as you want, which is kind of how the car's intended. But you know, we'll see how well, it the is. Original, the original launch was going to be at Estoril in Portugal, and then for some reason it got switched to Willow Springs that I'm not aware of. So, like <laughs> our director of testing was like, "I'm going to go to Estoril, Portugal, to drive a GT4 RS." Then suddenly he got the he got the email that said, "Actually, it's at Willow Springs." But yeah. I mean, hey, it's still a great day out. Can't <laughs> complain. Portugal, Bakersfield. Yeah, right. Portugal yeah. or wherever that is. No, Lancaster's a lovely place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, a lot of dirt. Uh, okay, so uh, what else is on the list? I know you've been uh, gearing up to drive a bunch of new things. New Range Rover. We saw the debut of the Range Rover. It looks it looks fantastic. I know they're really pushing the limit of of luxury and tech, and I don't know. It's just sort of is is the Range Rover turning into the SUV? S class Mercedes. Yeah, I think so. I mean, if you think about it, that car almost had a market to itself for a, you know almost decades, and then suddenly everybody's in the kind of luxury SUV game. So, you know, from what we've seen, that I mean, it looks very distinctive. You know, it's very sort of minimalist compared to where you know the direction that everybody else is going. You know, it's a ton of money. It's way over a hundred grand for to you know for. For, for an ice one, but it'd be also, I think we're about to see the Range Rover Sport as well, uh, launched in a pretty imminently. So, you know, they tend to do this because they're based on the same platform. So, you get the Range Rover, and then pretty quickly, you get the Range Rover Sport behind it. So, I mean, those cars were both, I think you get a new Range. I drove the last one, I think in Morocco, must have been more than a decade ago. So, you know, these things only get only, you know, a bit like the S Class, they only get a new one every 10 years or something. So, yeah, it's a big vehicle for them. Uh, it really is. And, you know, it's in California and the East Coast. It's going to be a it's going to be a big deal, and it's kind of the, still the rock on which that company's built. And 
you know, Jaguar Land Rover hasn't had the easiest time over the past two or three years. And, you know, so it, it needs to work for them. You know, and the the plan on the Range Rover, if I remember correctly from all of their presentations, was, they, you know, they're getting the Range Rover out now. And the way they're going to keep that thing fresh is, uh, I don't know, a year or two, you get a hybrid, and then a year or two, you get a full EV version of it. So they're sort of taking that platform and turning it eventually into a, a full EV. Um, I think it's sort of three yeah, they, steps, I think they've right? got to, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they've I mean, got they to. Do. I mean, the plug-in hybrid's probably a nice, going to be a nice alternative, but... You know, one of those big luxury thing like that as an EV could work really well. Um, you know, be, and also be pretty good off road as long as it's got the range. Yeah, but we, the reality is nobody nobody really takes Rangers off road anymore, do they? Maybe well, they're they're kind of too nice. They're kind of too nice yeah. for that, right? Get the Defender, right? With your twenty three inch rims or whatever. But yeah, <laughs> maybe maybe a bit of snow to the ski chalet, and that's about it. But no, there were there were you know I've always been a fan of them. I just also you know you keep looking at. Some of Land Rover's reliability stuff at the moment. I just hope they built it right. You know, I'm a big fan of the brand, not just for patriotic reasons. And you know, I just I really hope it's a success for them. But you know, they've got to nail the reliability as well. Bill, do you have a Range Rover as well? Does Wanda have a? Yeah, Range Rover? We've, we've had no problems whatsoever. You know, uh, compared to the lemon lawing that last Escalade we had. But uh, yeah, we we love the vehicle. Wanda actually, uh, Wanda's had two or three of them. And she wants to segue into the G Wagon next next vehicle. So has nothing to do with the Range Rover's performance. She loves it. Yeah. And I love driving it. We go to all Gage's baseball games and football games in the Range Rover because it's 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 the perfect vehicle to take on the road like that. Yeah, but also she brings a kangaroo with her when she goes to those games. So you gotta have to Yeah, but the kangaroo takes up very small space. It's yeah. like a like a yeah, it takes up a little space, right? Now. This is real, by the way, Alistair. Wanda brings a kangaroo to the games. It's it's little right now. It's a baby kangaroo, but when this thing's five and a half feet tall and wants to sit in the back seat, it's not going to be driving. Hard in a fence. Sorry, I, I knew I knew about the Zeppelin right now. Yes, but but yeah, when he grows up, he he's not going to be riding shotgun. Believe. <laughs> I knew about the zebra, but this is a real. I was. Th- th- I knew about the zebra. You still have the zebra, but this is a real kangaroo. This is not like a, some blow up thing. Oh uh, yes, yes, yes. I'll I'll post something. Up yeah, it's a real. Yeah. It's a real kangaroo. I think his name is Rufus, and he wears a scarf and goes to baseball games. <laughs> it's Rufus. It's Rufus. You have, the, you have the best life. You really yeah. do. <laughs> And she just built her her. Uh, she changed one of the barn stalls into a cage uh, no. for a couple of lemurs. The best life. Oh my! Yeah, that's yeah, that's that's her latest project. Yeah, I'm trying to build a monster garage, and she's building a lemur garage. Lemur garage. Lemur garage. Okay, let's see if I can find. You're not worried about Goldberg's garage actually becoming a zoo? No, it's Wanda's Wee Zoo. They're two separate entities. Thank God. No, it will not become a zoo. That's why it has an electric fence around it, so no animals can get near it. <laughs> the garage probably does, not the yes. zoo. <laughs> the garage, not the zoo. yeah, right. Uh, but yeah, you'll 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 see photos. She she legit carries this thing around to pet. I'm trying rides, to find a picture of this thing. Rides rides shotgun in oh. her car and on her on the UTVs and all that stuff. So you know, it's just kind of a kind of an interesting thing. Kind of. <laughs> I'm just saying, it's kind of an interesting thing. Anyway, because I know she had the Range Rover, and she seems to really enjoy the Range Rover. It had it for a couple of years, so 
Um, I, I guess you guys got it new because the debacle with the with the Escalade yeah. a couple of years back. So yeah, it's got pr- the most recent sort of full size Range Rover. We love it. I absolutely love it. I have no knocks on it whatsoever. None, except for the. Uh, yeah, I mean the, the the size is okay. I mean I can fit it in fairly well. I mean I could use a little bit of uh, width, but other than that, I mean I drive the vehicle almost as much as she does, and I, I love it. I actually love the vehicle. It's a great car. Yeah, I think you'll like, like the new one, Bill, as well, because it's really just. You know, obviously, I haven't driven it yet, but it just builds on those basic basic premise of you know it's a bit bigger, it's a bit posher, it's just uh, you know it's a nice way to travel. Mm-hmm. I love it. You know, it's interesting because you said Wanda may want a G wagon. Um, I, I I always thought the G wagon was kind of small on the inside. It's not. It's not. Yeah. It's not a real you, big you vehicle. She wants that when Gates is uh, out of out of high school. And actually, it doesn't matter anymore because Gage has got his Bronco on in two months. He'll be driving that. We won't have to Uber him around it. <laughs> right. Well, will, just, will you fit in a G wagon, Bill? Have you sat in a G wagon? I'd, I'd be a little bit worried for you in a G wagon. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while. I, I mean, I can fit in one, but comfortably, I cannot say that I'm comfortable. Okay. It's her vehicle, so she can do what she wants. All right. Just, just the thought. G wagon's a little snug. Uh, that makes it four wheel drive the whole time, right? So, I mean, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. Does she need that? I'm not sure, but she likes the visual of the G Wagon. So, she's my wife. I got to make her happy. Yeah. All right. Well, I uh, guys, I appreciate it. Um, Alistair, I know you're going to hop off to another meeting. So, we're just about wrapping up here uh, anyway. Uh, appreciate it. Uh, we had a little bit of a connection issue with, with Bill. So, uh, apologize for that, but we're here. It's good. It's all good. So, uh, Alistair Weaver, always a pleasure. Uh, it's been a minute since we had you on. I think, uh, you know, maybe that baby got in the way of our regular programming <laughs> schedule, <laughs> but, uh, you're here, that reading. you're here, you're back. Uh, maybe, uh, pump the brakes for now and just, uh, maybe hold off on having another kid for a minute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, just keep practicing. Yeah. That's just, just do that. Uh, he's, uh, Follow our buddy uh, Weaver on cars on Instagram. And uh, oh wait, did you change Twitter? Is it Alistair Weaver? Is it Weaver? It, it's it's kind of both on Twitter. Yeah, if you look for Alistair Weaver or, or Weaver on cars, you'll find me on Twitter. Okay, there you go. So nobody can spell Alistair. That's, that's the problem. <laughs> nobody can spell Alistair. All right. Well, Weaver on cars. Find Weaver on cars on Instagram and Twitter, and of course. Uh, check out Edmunds.com. We love what they're doing over there. Uh, if you're uh, shopping for a car, you can go to Edmunds. Um, and uh, what's the news section? Edmunds.com slash news. Slash news. Is it car news? No, just slash news will do it. It's it's basically, I mean, that is like the editorial homepage. So all the latest news and reviews and everything else you'll find there. Right on. And, uh, you know, and, and Goldberg and myself, we're all over Instagram. Follow Goldberg's Garage on Instagram as well. You get a little update of, uh, of uh, by the way, go ahead and creep up on uh, on Wanda Goldberg's Instagram and you can see. Oh, here it is. Okay, I found it. I found it. He's probably <laughs> long enough. Yeah, this is a wonderful picture. Hopefully, <clears throat> you can see the reaction on my face. All right, let's see. Yeah, there's you. There's the kangaroo. <laughs> <laughs> Can I ask, how do you get a kangaroo? 
I have no idea. Don't ask me. I don't know. <laughs> the, the, the deal is, is that Wanda, Wanda nurses back uh, any type of animal. It's, it's quite apparent. Uh, that is in need. Exotic dealers around here know that she will take the time with these animals like it's one of her own. And nine times out of ten, you know, the, the owner isn't going to take the time that wanted us because they have a plethora of different animals and they can't take the time. She has a way with these animals and she nurses them back to health and unbeknownst to me, they most likely become members of our family after that. So it's a know. great story. Yeah. It's a terrific endeavor. I'm very proud of her. She enjoys it exponentially and we have a lot of entertainment around the place. So it's a win-win. Uh, well, uh, she's, she's doing, she's doing much better work than the rest of us. That's for sure. We're just bullshitting about cars. <laughs> yeah. That's magnificent. Yeah. Yep. There he is. Yeah. Yeah. She dresses him up. He's got a little coat, wears a little scarf, goes to, goes to games. Oh, All right, guys. Easy. easy. Yeah, he's got a champion Chargers jersey on. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, all right, guys, let's go ahead and wrap things up. Uh, Alistair, thanks so much. Bill, thanks so much. Until next time, keep the air in the spare and the bag in the wheel. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit CarCastShow.com. you love to save money on insurance? Of course, who doesn't love a good deal? Well, when it comes to great rates on insurance for everything, Geico can help. Insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, RV, even homeowners, condo, and renters coverage. Save even more with a special discount when you bundle coverages. Plus, add the easy-to-use Geico mobile app and 24-hour roadside assistance, and the switch to Geico becomes a no-brainer. Switch today and see how you can save. Simply go to geico.com to get a rate quote or contact your local agent.